0: this situation yeah. it's just my word what
1: so for penguins fans or hockey fans listening right now to this uh. 151st episode of fly penguins <sighs> fly you can follow us on twitter at pens pod on instagram at fly penguins fly jordan defigio is here at fidge newton and i'm jeff taylor at pens pod underscore did i even say is that even a word underscore
0: I was so confident of it when you first said it. But then when you asked if it was real, it stopped sounding real. I think it underscore.
1: At penspod underscore JT is my ranting and raving Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right.
1: It's time to rant and rave because the fourth line as listed on Daily Faceoff right now (sighs) is centered possibly by Drake Kajula, who's been officially called up from WBS because- the role they have him slotted in on here on the, on the web page has been vacated. Teddy Bluger yeah. is no longer a Pittsburgh Penguin. He is now a Vegas Golden Knight. And on the third line there, coming from Nashville, it's Michael, Michael Granlund, who, okay, whatever, but the cap hit that Ron Hextall, mm-hmm. he couldn't get Nashville to retain one green U.S. dollar of that contract, 5 million cap hit just after you cleared out what mm-hmm. looked like the negative space that you were going to fill with at least yep. some kind of no, – I'm not saying Michael Granlin's not going to come in here and exceed all our expectations. I sure hope he does. Jordan, what the hell is going on? We know what's going on. <sighs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ron Hextall's incompetent. That's what's going on. I th- I think I uh, honestly I'm a bit speechless because yeah the you, uh,
1: it's yeah, eleven I, million over the next two and a half years mm-hmm. essentially that is and big money.
0: I'm I'm not good with money. I'm trying to be better financially and I'm learning and. Growing very, very slowly, but steadily. And because I'm innately not good with money, Hmm. I can recognize in other people when they're not good with money. And Ron Hextall sucks with money. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? This isn't monopoly dollars. This is real. This has financial implications for the team. And he keeps putting us in this cap hell. For who knows what reason. It's not even like, it's not like, okay, looking at the situation, maybe you could say, all right, if he was trading for a guy who was young and was going to be part of the team and the the team's identity for years. Yeah. Maybe if the guy is a little bit older, but he's super fast, you could say, all right, Sure,
1: which by all accounts Granlund is not at this point is in his career. He's not.
0: He's slow. He's not young. He's on the he's decline. Not it,
1: he's, not no, he's not big. He's not a particularly big guy.
0: He's he's nothing that the team needs and it just it feels like they're floating in this identityless void because Ron Hextall keeps perpetuating this lineup that yep. is a mess. What is, What is this? He obviously doesn't understand what Sully wants to do. He obviously doesn't understand or appreciate the fact that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Latang are getting older and that both the latter players were, they agreed to take less money to stay here and try to. Win a championship.
1: Which, if we're giving him any credit for anything, it was the combination of the city, I think, rightfully wanting those players back, and his ability to get them, albeit through a – as has become infamous now, a bit of an emotional situation for Malkin coming up to the uh, – Mm-hmm free agency, excuse me. I'm yeah. going to have to close that little 7-year <laughs> long gap of silence that I left because my brain is not working right now.
0: I liked it. I think it's representative <laughs> of how we're both feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was an emotionally charged time, but he brought those players back and for again, for good reason. These are people who whose names are on banners in PPG mm-hmm. Paints Arena for winning Art Ross trophies and Rocket Richard's and Hart trophies and Con Smythe trophies, multiple Mm -hmm. names. Well, of course, Sidney Crosby's contract was already in place. That's another thing with what's going on right now. One of the Mm -hmm. big, scary, scary things that I've seen on, on Twitter is this, and this isn't just being thrown out when, when the fire alarm has been pulled, when Michael Scott has thrown the overhead projector <laughs> through his own office window because he tried the copier. And so last night, Ashley and I oh. did go and watch parts one and two of that uh, saga where that leads up to Dwight having to pull the Bowie knife out of his pant <laughs> leg. Yeah. Oh my God. Carve open the CPR. I finally went and watched it because I needed to see what made Casey DeSmith Smith actually mm-hmm. order the CPR dummy on the back of the helmet. It made me laugh. Stanley in those two episodes is so freaking – when Michael Scott comes Brilliant. back in after the roasting, maybe that's the following episode because we watched for a while. It's and all part –
0: it's part of the same
1: – Oh, my uh, God. Why am
0: I blanking on the name of that episode? I typically
1: – I forget. I typically
0: do know what it is, but – yeah, it's it's it was, a, real it good was an hour long episode originally, but they split it when they put it on streaming, and then it, it, it moved to syndication and all that stuff. What the hell's the name of it? But I watched the show when it aired on television, and that was
1: <laughs> when Stanley just when Stanley laughs at his own roasting by Michael Scott in a <laughs> turtleneck, <laughs> yeah, and he goes, uh-huh, 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 and he just keeps. Be- There's something about that, but Sidney Crosby. Mm. The idea that he might be looking around penguins. Jesus hint. It's amazing the way he sees these things a few games in advance of where I end up understanding what the hell he was talking about. But, or a lot of our guests, I should say you too, Jordan, this is what I, this is why I need you. Like I couldn't do this (laughs) without you at this point. I I'm so enjoying actually there actually being like a lifer Penns fan in my midst Mm. at all times now. But like the idea that Sid Crosby might be looking around, and this is totally conjecture, but is he gonna take another contract in Pittsburgh with the way Mm -hmm. things are going? When I mean, when does this one run out? His contract, according to this, runs through the 2024, 2025 season. No movement clause. 8.7, 8.7, it's a nice fat contract, could have been yeah. way bigger, obviously, if he didn't take the, the a, at least the AAV, hometown discount. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice fat contract. But that's when it runs yeah. through for the captain, 2025, okay. so, spring of 2025.
0: You do, so Fenway Sports Group, the new ownership of the Penguins, they're going to need to – Do they're going to need to step in and do something here because, yeah, maybe maybe it is a little bit catastrophic to suggest that okay, this is the trajectory that they're on. Sid might not want to be a part of that, he might either take a contract somewhere else or retire. Because that's, I could see him doing that potentially if, right. you know, he runs, he's not getting, nobody's getting younger, but it, with all the injuries he's had in his career, he may not want to play anywhere else. He may just be like, well, if this is how it's going, then uh, we'll call it. I And again, that is very, very hypothetical. Nobody is saying that that is a legitimate, legitimate hard copy possibility right now. Yeah. But it is something as as an owner of one of the most prolific franchises in hockey because they have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, they won 3 cups in the last 15-20 years. Mm. You're going to need to consider that even if it is in totally hypothetical because do you want do you want it to get that bad where he might consider that? You don't even want that to be a possibility that's on the table for him. You want Sidney Crosby to finish out his career in Pittsburgh and you want to give you want him to finish out his career in Pittsburgh and sign another contract extension because there's a chance that he could win another championship here and this is we're just seeing the incompetence of Ron Hextall yet again. And sure, I I don't want to totally take away the fact that he re-signed Malkin and Letang in the offseason. But honestly, the fact that they both took less money than they could have gotten elsewhere to stay here suggests to me that any hack GM could have re-signed them. So I don't even really want to you he know, put that feather in his cap and say, Good for you, Ron. You did it because he did inherit. I he probably could that. have done it. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting to get this worked up. But well, I'm upset.
1: It's, what it's starting to happen, it seems to me, is that his ineptitude, meaning Ron Hextall, still, I'm getting mm-hmm. really tired. It's like starting to get that feeling of when you're talking about like a, like a crazed dictator or something who people Mm -hmm. are getting tired of hearing their name. Where is the ownership? I Okay, there was a little shred of news regarding Fenway Sports Group in the last 48 hours. Probably means nothing. It probably means there was a round of golf and one of them happened to be down there and took a golf round with, (laughs) with, seriously, with a couple of scouts or with the coach or who knows who. Apparently FSG... Representatives, probably not John Henry, probably some of his underlings. Probably LeBron James. Probably, probably. It was probably LeBron James and Michael Granlund were were, were having a a round of golf. Um apparently Michael Granlund is a Liverpool FC fan. Mm. You know, Seth Rorabaugh is a is a dry. Fun, funny Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Everybody will be in the corner over there, like, arguing about this big, th- serious thing. And he'll drop some, like, um, you know what's pretty funny over here is this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoy it. So definitely go follow yeah. Trib Live's Seth Rorabaugh on. We got to get Seth on the show. What's up, Seth? Can you hear us? Your messages are Can't closed you? on Twitter. And I don't know uh. how to get a hold of you. So if you want to come on this the show is the best sometime. Way. Yeah. Somebody tell Seth that that we want to have him on, and apparently FSG met with some quote penguins personnel, and then the maybe it was maybe it was Rob Rossi who tweeted that, and then it said Ron Hextall was back in Pittsburgh, and then people commented, "Well, then maybe Ronnie's on his way out because they had a, they found a way to have a meeting without Ron, so that what they could fire mm. him. That's not going to happen. I mean, mm. I don't see that happening, and I and honestly. At this point, is that – let's just imagine that the whole fire Ron Hextall thing actually happens. Is that really mm. better for the organization right now, for him to actually get canned in the midst of this? Maybe. Like what would happen? Yeah. What What happens if he if he gets fired and the keys get handed to someone else Be, right now? Like with 24 hours left to go on the trade deadline, actually – Yeah. Yeah, 20, 26 hours, right? Is it noon?
0: His – uh, I th- I think it it's noon. At I think it's three, nine.
1: three o'clock. Three I o'clock. Was, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I um, think that's right. Uh, it's a it's a v- valid argument because we're nearing the end. Who are they going to bring in, and what are they possibly going to do at this? At this point, it feels like they're they're going to. Ju- they probably should just let Ron ride out this season because. I I mean the only the only reason I could see them firing him right now is to prevent him from doing more damage to the team than he's already done in the next 20
1: 25 whatever. hour 24 hours and uh Plus, 56 minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: Because goodness. who's going to I mean at this point if you hand the keys to somebody else you're not G- gonna do anything. How nobody's gonna answer the phone, right? All the conversations mm-hmm. you may or may not have had with somebody unless those people are old pals. There might be. Yeah. Is it possible that Brian Burke has been texting his pals saying there might be a change coming? Get ready. I might Maybe. call you in an hour and a half when I'm the new GM. <laughs> if so, be ready to deal with me because I need a couple of your guys. I doubt it. Well, that, I doubt it.
0: And that could, I guess, if if they're going to fire Hextall mid-season, right before the trade deadline, it probably would be to slide Brian Burke in that role because he's what else been with the do? organization. What else can you do? You're not going to find anybody else. I and. Maybe it's like an interim thing where he just. Oh, for
1: sure, Brian Burke's yeah, not going to be the GM of this team going mm-mm. into next season.
0: Yeah, it, But I don't know. It's. It. Yeah, it just it feels like, regardless, whether the Penguins make the playoffs or not, I mean, in my opinion, you have to change the the face of the GM position. It's he has to go. He has to go. And I don't, I I understand that Jim Rutherford retiring or leaving. What did he do? He resigned because he's he's somewhere else. I,
1: yeah, I. Still, my brain
0: is so fried.
1: I still want uh, the story from inside the room, and I know Jim Rutherford's told his version once or twice to different reporters. Uh but definitely left some things out I would kill yeah. to know what to, went down in that room because that was quite an era of Penguins hockey. Two Stanley Cups, mm-hmm. some real big names that he acquired, some some fairly big names that he traded out, and I would love to know. You know, that would just be Yeah. I I'd pop the popcorn to get to hear the real deal story on Jim Rutherford's departure from Pittsburgh.
0: Endless drama. I don't I'm think assuming, he and he and
1: David Morehouse had a very good relationship. No. For
0: it one. doesn't it from what i can gather they definitely didn't but eh, eh, anyway i i understand that that put ownership in a tight spot because mm-hmm. it was the weird shortened season after the bubble it was it was just a weird time of nhl hockey it th- things were up in the air everything was different and then your gm resigns what like a week before, or it was a couple days into the shortened camp. It was, it was ridiculously close to the start of the season. So yeah, what do you do in that, in that position? You kind of just have to roll with what you can find. But in that scenario, that should have been Hextall's coming in as the interim manager. He should not have been a permanent replacement. And I,
1: I have to read. I'm going to get you even angrier right now. Here's a, oh here is an excerpt from late night piece by Josh Yowie. By the way,
0: which is fantastic. It's I so know, good.
1: I know this podcast. Some people, if you're listening and you don't like Josh Yowie and Rob Rossi, and you don't subscribe to the Athletic, and you're tired of hearing me talk about the Athletic and us having them on and all that, sorry, deal with it. Move on to the next podcast. We want you to come back, but I'm going to talk about. Uh, jo- just skip those episodes I can't yeah. even speak today Jordan yeah what is going bad. on today it's, well when you pull really when you pull the 4c out from under us <sighs> mm-hmm. and you replace him with Drake Kajula, who I hope is gonna kick ass and yeah. everything but yep right, here's the excerpt I'm just gonna let let the pro talk here this is Josh Joshiey in the athletics just a little excerpt go to athletic.com and read it yourself the the headline incidentally is Ron Hextall is running the Penguins into the ground, which, fantastic, right there. Yeah. Quote, he, meaning Ron Hextall, gave his buddy Jeff Carter a ridiculous two-year extension. He traded away Jared McCann for next to nothing, all in the name of keeping Carter on the roster and protecting him from the expansion draft. Seattle had no plans of drafting Carter had he been available.
0: Of course not.
1: He let Brandon Tanev walk, And how good would he look on their third line right now? He essentially traded John Marino and Mike Matheson for Jeff Petrie, Ty Smith, and Ryan Paling. Marino's emerged as one of New Jersey's best defensemen. Matheson is a great talent, perfect for this Penguins system. Petrie had been perfectly fine, but hasn't made the impact that Penguins, uh, you know, had wanted. Smith, he's barely played in the NHL this season because Hextall so butchered the salary cap that he's been stranded in Wilkes-Barre. And... End quote. And I'll stop there because, first of all, I'll throw my overhead projector through the window. hmm What a time. I mean, three game. By the way, hello, Penguins time. fans. Your Penguins are on a three-game winning streak. hmm Oh, wait, and sorry. And this is how
0: they respond.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Let's blow up the already troubled bottom six, which you could argue mm-hmm. that is how you begin to rebuild the bottom six. Okay, we not got, with
0: a 31-year-old center. That's not the, how you. Uh, on the line
1: that wasn't the problem.
0: Not, exactly. Not really,
1: anyway. Almost, uh, almost every combination of the fourth line looked pretty decent over the last five good. games.
0: And then they finally started to produce. Teddy Bluger, Drew O'Connor. They they were they were finding a, a way to score. Finally, gaining momentum, and then. You oh, said it, God, Jordan, I when I see. asked
1: you, Jordan, in the, in yesterday's podcast or the other day, of all of the unlikely goal scorers in that 7-2 Penguins victory the other day over the Tampa Bay Lightning, who we're going to see again tonight, and it's bound mm-hmm. to be a very different story because it's in their building, yep. Andre Vasilevsky and Nett, yep. and the Penguins simply do not score seven goals a game these days. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is an aberration that is not going to happen tonight, almost definitely. I, I'd love, th- I would love to be proven wrong, but- I asked you of those unlikely goal scorers, the the Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, Brian Dumoulin, particularly those three mm-hmm. in that flurry of five goals that occurred. Obviously, Crosby and Zucker have been putting up good numbers this year. We're not yeah. concerned about them. That's not by abnormal. the way. Jason Zucker finally having the exact kind of year we're all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Bill Guerin would have said, "This is the guy you're getting from Minnesota. Yep. This, this is what he's capable of." He's had a couple injuries lately. You might be dealing with some more, but once he settles in, look out. Mm-hmm. That's what he – okay, it was Teddy Bluger. That was the one guy that you said, Jordan, he's been hot, Mm -hmm. he's been sniffing goals. He's the one who's the most likely – now, does that make him the trade bait for Michael Granlin's $5 million contract? No. If you're going to use him, if you're going to move him out to clear out the salary, you know, it wasn't a trade for Drake Cajula. I mean, why am I talking about mm-hmm. Drake Cajula? It wasn't a trade for Michael Granlund. It mm-hmm. was, tr- by the way, we did not mention Di Liberatore, which is an amazing hockey name that doesn't even fit on a hockey jersey. A strong Italian <laughs> name has been moved into the mm-hmm. Penguins system. And I did a mock-up yesterday that I posted on Twitter of his new jersey. I believe he wears number 49 in the NHL okay. or ha- has it will be truly a sight to see the name Di Liberatore on the back of a penguin's jersey. It's I'm really stoked epic. for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that we're going to see him play in the near future. I believe it's more of a Yeah, probably a, a not. Prospect D Man.
0: Yeah. Oh God of mercy. I, uh, it's incredibly frustrating.
1: Penguins are at Amelie Arena tonight. You got your Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, if you're a Lightning fan listening to this, you still got Nikita Kucherov way up there with 88 points, up in the top, was in the top five NHL point getters right now, something like that.
0: Yeah, he's on a tear. He's nuts.
1: Although I think largely because of the tremendous loss the Lightning took to the Penguins the other day, Nikita was on the ice for a lot of those goals against him. He's Mm now a minus three currently.
0: Yeah. Well, that'll do it. That'll definitely do it for you.
1: How about... The way the Penguins won that game in Nashville, though,
0: that was amazing. Uh, for real, I typically they're on the other side of that type of debacle. They're the ones who score early and then let up goals late and lose. And exactly. it was, re- <laughs> yeah, it was really nice to see them on the winning side of it and to win it in regulation. That was great when Sid got that. Oh yeah. Uh, that breakaway goal, it was probably, I think, half, halfway through the third period. It was I, just the perfect
1: I, moment for them to oh, – It was
0: gorgeous. The pass, the, the from shot. Brock
1: McGinn, it, from Brock McGinn. From Brock McGinn, who was on waivers. His dad was there in the audience. What an awkward day to have. Your yeah, dad's on weird. the trip with you. Bob McGinn, mm-hmm. I think is his name. Your son just got put on waivers, and he ends up making – a heroic stretch pass to Sidney Crosby for that goal. Mm-hmm. And the finish yeah. by Sid, like you said. I mean.
0: Gorgeous. Unbelievable. It was, yeah, it was a really, it was a fun game. I'm
1: very Zucker. glad that
0: they won. Oh, that that man. God bless him. Oh, man. He is just doing incredible things this season.
1: All I can, I'm just going to say it because we're allowed to talk about this. It's just fantasizing. I can't mm-hmm. see Jason Zucker celebrate a goal or or celebrate a successful moment on the ice and not dream of him hoisting the Stanley cup. Um, The idea of him holding that thing for the first time in his life to get mm -hmm. to witness that on television in real time, or maybe God forbid we were even in the arena if they did it at home. Finally would be the most like, actually I think more than seeing Sidney Crosby hold it this year, because I've seen it happen before and I, and and I would Mm -hmm. love to see it again. I just have a feeling Probably Gino or, or Tanger would be next. But I have yeah. a feeling maybe Sid would hand the cup to Jason Zucker next. Mm-hmm. He might get it. Like Trevor Daly got it in, in the year yeah. he was injured. Because without Jason Zucker, I mean, that is.
0: Well, if, if the Penguins, by some act of Jesus, win the Stanley Cup <laughs> this year, it will be in large part thanks to the consistent uh, high level
1: that Jason has
0: been playing at this year. Yep. Yep. The fury, the absolute fury of that man. It's unreal. He's, he, and we, we always say this, the, the, all the players care. They're there because they love the sport and they want to win, but certain players just don't express that outwardly Jason Zucker always you can tell when he's on the ice he is giving it everything he has and he oh yeah celebrates with everything he has when he's rewarded for how hard he plays and he yeah he's he's a fun fun guy to watch and I'm glad that that uh, yeah that was one of uh, Jim Rutherford's last big moves they got him right before the pause and play in 2020.
1: Um, That's right. That's and, right. Yep. And, and that was actually, very exciting. There is an incredible piece in The Athletic by Michael Russo, who has a cool Minnesota Wild podcast also. Ooh. And that is an amazing look behind the curtain of the Zucker family's experience in the mm. half of a season basically leading up to that trade because there were multiple other times in a short Span, when Zucker was reportedly traded, I think one of them might have been to Calgary, uh, another one to another team, and then ultimately, he ends up he ends up going to to Pittsburgh. And the story of that, and his being on the phone with his wife and the converse, kind of conversations they had, and she hangs up on him when she finds out that the trade actually happened because it was after so many near misses. The emotions Jeez. you must you must go through, and I remember. Yeah the Zooker's not moving to Pittsburgh right away.
0: That's right.
1: And, and he was splitting his time. And it's a lot for the kids, yeah. right? I mean, if they start mm-hmm. a school year or if they, you know, they have certain programs there, it is Minnesota after all, and it is a hockey family. So moving your family out of Minnesota must mm-hmm. be, once you get settled out there and you're a member of the wild out there, that's a that's like a an American version almost, but very different. You know, it's like a beloved version versus, like, the the under-the-microscope Toronto or Montreal experience that the players Mm -hmm. sometimes don't want to have up there. Um, Random, I saw a clip of Eric Lindros on Steve Dangle podcast saying, like, players don't want to play in Toronto? Bye. Go play in Arizona. Just a random one. (laughs) Love that Steve Dangle. He is really something. That is a... uh, that is a He's, thing that came to my mind because my brain isn't working right now, Jordan. Yeah, yep.
0: Same. Um,
1: what are you thinking for tonight, Tristan Jari? Would, is he up to the task? Can he? Can there? Can there be another major goalie battle tonight, like he had with UC Soros in Nashville the other evening?
0: I, I think so. He has he, ha, he has the ability, in in my mind, to play toe to toe with Vasilevsky. Uh, Sure, because he's he's just really good. He's a really good goalie, and I think that the more games he has under his belt, or chest protector, or whatever, hmm. it, uh, after injury, and he's still healthy and he's playing consistently solid in in the pipes. I think that I think that we there is potential tonight for it to be low scoring because the goalies are going to just kind of it's going to be a battle between them and whoever can kind of, but then again, you never know because last season when the penguins played at Emily arena, Oh yeah. They they had their way with the lightning both times. I was there there. both times. Yep. And they, that must've
1: been so glorious to be wearing your pen's Jersey in that building that night.
0: Oh my God. I went with my brother (laughs) and his now wife. They were, uh, they were dating and then engaged. So, Yeah, we were we were all there together, and she doesn't care so much about sure. hockey. So she
1: but permits she was, it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she, I brought a jersey for her to wear, but she always says that going to hockey games is her social hour. <laughs> and my brother and I were losing our ever loving minds. That's and great. She that's was, that's yeah. kind of that
1: says a lot about her. I love that aspect. Like, if, yep. she, if she's into that as her as her hang, like. Yep. It is a great environment. Question, was the cup in the building that night or just the banner and the rings? Just, wait. Sometimes they do it, right?
0: I'm trying to think back because that was October of 2021 now. So it was a long time ago. But they were doing a lot of extracurriculars outside the arena because it was the banner raising night and – I I remember distinctly that there was a fake Stanley cup outside and all time low was playing. It was like a very surreal fever dream. It was insane, but it was fun. And I think, I think it was there, but I don't remember. I also had quite a bit to drink. So
1: you're reminding me of 2016. I was wearing a Vegas gold, like Oh nine era, Sidney Crosby Mm, uh, mm. road Jersey that my buddy Richard had given me to wear. I had just gotten to know the names of some of the penguins at that time, and I'm in Foley's. Rest in peace, Foley's, the great penguins, uh, and Out of Town Teams Bar that was up on up in the '30s in Midtown. And we are just nice. Schlotskied. It's the final seconds of the final game of the Stanley Cup Final in San Jose, and Ugh. the whole place is just completely packed. I'm swaying back and forth with people counting down from 30 seconds as the oh, Penguins yeah. are about to win the Stanley Cup. And out of nowhere, like a beach ball, comes this inflatable Stanley Cup that someone had waited to inflate until it looked like they were... Wow. Re- I mean, I'm getting chills big... up my back listening, oh. like just thinking about that right now. And I was drinking... I remember right... Like one of the last semi-conscious thoughts I have in that moment was, you want another beer, said Richard, like in his like part American, part British accent. Oh and I was God. like, I was like, yeah, what are you, just get me whatever you're getting. And he hands me a school habanero, like double IPA or something. <laughs> and so I take this giant slug of this beer and they're like, oh, God. 10, 9. Eight. God People are Lord. losing their minds. And I'm, my throat is on fire with habanero beer as oh the Penguins God. become Aww. Stanley Cup champions. And we took this what guy outside. What a memory. Oh, it was. Jeez. I still have the photo. I'll find you the photo of me and this other guy holding my buddy. Actually, it might be just me holding him. We were all so pumped. And he's holding the inflatable Stanley Cup. And we're wearing our... Oh, my God. Incredible. Streets of New York. Uh
0: Okay. Love
1: that. I think I think we've done enough. We've gotten we we've, we've, we've not gotten paid ourselves. enough today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If somebody could up our salaries a bit, we deserve yeah. raises.
1: Yeah. Um Yikes. well the listeners can't see. I did wear my Cheeks in t shirt in memoriam of Casper Kapanen. Uh, you good luck in St. Louis. Good luck to Brock McGinn and Mark Friedman with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton yeah. Penguins. In the next little while, I hope we will see you. I was particularly glad when Mark Friedman cleared waivers. I did not want to lose yeah. his edge. Uh, and now, you know, great job, great job to Brock McGinn in that in that game and in and in plenty of other games for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but not recently, except for that wonderful yeah. stretch pass that he made, really key play. That was it. Proud of him. And then, mm-hmm. who else did we lose? Teddy Bluger, Vegas Golden Knight. I hope he keeps wearing fifty-three because I was always proud that yeah. I wore the same number in my in my beer league because that was no. the year my dad was born, nineteen fifty-three.
0: Oh, right on! Well, go go, Teddy,
1: go fifty-three. Go, Teddy. <sighs> Jeez.